if I really look at everything as I don't deserve this, I don't, I certainly don't need it or want it. I, I, I can just, I could just pull back everything that I think a human should quote have. And then as I still do attain those things, because I participate in society and relationships, it's just all magic every day. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mind Muscle Connection. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Tyler Weeb. And uh, Tyler, let's just throw it on the table. Let's start by me asking you, what is ego? I'm going to let you start us out here and then uh, I'll see if I can fit something in the picture. Oh, that that's so kind of you. And, and not even warning me, you know, in our little pregame talk as well. I really just kind of throwing it right to you, man. I do appreciate that. My ego just really panicked at the moment when you said that. So I'm pretty sure that was done on purpose to see what you could kind of do to me. So, you know what, in this kind of, it is what it is in, in the sense where, you know what, I did get this anxiety. I did kind of get this panic when, when you all of a sudden threw it to me and it's the, you know, the ego and, and the being scared of, oh shit, what am I going to say? I might fail. I might sound stupid. You know, what am I going to say at the top uh, of our podcast? And, you know, I think that's a, a pretty great start for something, you know, that we're going to be talking about today. And, uh, you know, certainly something that, you know, I've been looking and, and working on in the last little bit in more of the sense of, trying to get outside of myself and and trying to be more aware of my surroundings and the people that I deal with on a daily basis and you know kind of trying to keep the 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 constant idea in my head of this person might be having the worst day of their life today treat them as such so that's something that I think ego wise Cause I think there's a lot of components to it. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll break it down here today, but you know, as I was just kind of doing some reading beforehand, you know, that was kind of one that, you know, really stuck out to me. And we kind of talked about in a similar fashion last week of being, you know, patient, being in the moment, you know, being present. And so, you know, trying to do those things, you know, I, we traveled to Montreal last week and, you know, for me sitting in an airplane, I can get a little antsy and, and a little anxious. And, and so, you know, very much just trying to relax, you know, be with myself, be in the moment. <clears throat> and then, you know, pairing that with also, Hey, you know, we're all having this human experience and, you know, how I can conduct myself and, and how I can treat people, you know, by assuming maybe, Hey, like they're just having their worst day, man, that, that, that can't be a bad way of going about things. So, so to you, ego is me. It's just my internal thoughts, my selfishness. As soon as I turn outward towards somebody else and I pay attention or care about them, now I'm shutting off my ego, my needs. And go, go ahead if you're gonna. I'm, I'm well. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm shutting off my needs. I'm still aware of those, and you know, I think that's the balance that you're going to have when you're weighing you know, which way am I going to go? You know, what, where do my needs come into, you know, the context of that situation? So I wouldn't say completely shutting them off, but I'm, you know, you tone them down a little. Attentionally directing yourself outward. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm going to start where Freud did, because I think the way he described it was 
good for the stepping stone he was in, in the realm of psychology and philosophy. And that is the id, the ego, the superego. So he described the id as just biological desires, uh, the ego as our best control of those. And then the superego is moralism and altruism. So basically he was describing the reptilian brain and the mammalian brain. And of course the cerebral cortex executive center where we can control this. And again, you know, great shot, you know, he, that's a fastball down the middle for 1900, but today I think we, we have some better options and I would even, you know, look back beyond where he was coming from because you had, you know, after the dark ages, you had the enlightenment philosophers and these people were looking at what is, what is the meaning of life? And that was all basically a shedding of religion as just dogma, because before then it was just, of course, there is a God and everybody belongs to a religion. It's just that ours is better than yours. Ours is the real one and yours is not. The Enlightenment era said, I don't know, maybe not. Then the existential philosophers, Kierkegaard, Kant, Camus, Nietzsche, Schopenhauer, all these guys come along and say, okay, we can take that a step further and say now without the worldview of dualism and there being this God that we're responsible to, if that's not there, how do we live? How do we act? And so they had to confront nihilism. And that was the big question of the day is, well, should we all just eat, drink, and be merry? Should we just murder, rape, and pillage? Like, what are you going to do if there is no God? And people started having to look internally and I think it was after those philosophers, and this is where Freud kind of picks up, where you start saying, well, you have these within your power, you get to make these decisions. And today, I think the best definition of ego almost is kind of Alan Watts-ish in that he says there's no such thing as ego because we just make up that word in that concept because our brain produces these internal thoughts as long as we have a pulse and we have to survive. We have to care about ourselves. We have to eat and drink. And as Freud would talk about, you know, tend to those biological needs and even psychological needs. Um, and, and so we have that choice on where, as you said, to directionally put that attention. And so ego has come to be this thing especially in today's self-help culture that we want to kill, right? Like we say, oh, I got to kill my ego. got to die to self. And, you know, Watts would say, what are you even talking about? Because the ego isn't a thing. You can act in commune with other people, as I think you perfectly described, Tyler. Um, but you also said, you know, I'm still here. I still do matter. And so we got to piece these things together and I want to I want to start at least kind of pitching this back to you with with one quote um, from uh, Bukowski, Charles Bukowski, who said, a man's got to die a few times before he can live. And what he meant was failure. And you have these hopes and dreams, which is kind of your ego. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be this person. I'm going to accomplish this. He's like, yeah, good luck, kid. Like that's, you're going to, you're going to hit some bumps in the road. You're going to fail. And when you start failing and you literally feel like dying, like that's when you'll start figuring out life. Hmm. So uh, you, 
you got a little picture of this with your child who's not quite yet two years old. I think you said she was having some nightmares and so forth. And, and you know, I, maybe just even speak to that a little bit, how you see this. Cause I have a two year old, almost two year old grandson and you see them coming online. Like they're having these thoughts of independence and you see them becoming something that they're aware is outside of their parental cocoon and that's the ego developing. Like I'm a real being. I exist. You know, I think therefore I am. And that's, that's ego at its purest. And I, I think as you were saying, it's not bad. It's not good. It's just, you're opening words. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, just, it's me. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It, yeah. And you know, it's, it's the good versus bad that that was one thing I think I struggled a lot with, um, you know, when I really started going through a lot of my personal therapy of, of, you know, trying to, to figure out a lot of these emotions and, and thoughts and put, you know, names to them and, and, and concepts to them as well. And, you know, really trying to understand, Hey, like, you know, no matter how I feel, it's not bad. It's just, it's just me. It's just who I am. Um, and you know, that is just what I am going to have to, to work through now, you know, watching, you know, watching the, the, the little one Quinn grow up. Yeah. She's going to be, she'll be two in December, which is, which is nuts. As, as everyone says, it goes really fast. And I would say like one of the most fascinating things for me was, watching from like day one up until now see like the awareness grow by the day and recently really seeing how much she is copying us like she'll see us do something once and she'll go and she's like doing it right away um and you know like you said you know having some of those nightmares and, and those night terrors you know the other night it was working herself up so much and she, like she wasn't able to breathe we had to like you know take her for a car ride i'm sure every single parent can you know uh, equate to something along those lines with their kids and you know just how i am trying to to raise her and, and be aware of her ego growing up is is something that you know i'm thinking about constantly and you know am I directing the right messages? You know, am I portraying the right messages? Because ultimately I'm going to want her to be able to make decisions on her own, but you know, how can I be the best example, you know, for this person, someone that they can look up to someone that they can learn from, be empathetic, have, you know, a, a depth of understanding that, you know, we are all different. We all are going through our own life experience. So that is certainly a lot on my mind. And, and certainly, you know, since she's been in our life and, and especially the last kind of six months, as now things really start to come online, that that concept you know, is, is constantly kind of on my mind and, and certainly something that, um, you know, I've never really thought this much about. I think it's really a perfect metaphor using Quinn as a, a bit of a discussion point because, you know, for her to even have a nightmare means she's afraid of something. And in her mind, as she's having a dream, it conjures up something. You can't be afraid if you don't see yourself as alone and vulnerable, uh, an independent being from mom and dad. 
And so that's layering in. I mean, those neurons are developing and connecting. Uh, and I, I, and I do think bugs. ego. I know, and and I do think ego has to be thought of as developmental, like that. It's not something that you're just born with, and there it is. Uh, because there is such a paradox. You you want to, if you're a conscious parent, uh, you know, just lay on the. Uh, confidence for your kids and, you know, all the things that make them feel good and independent and secure. And you're constantly telling them that they are fantastic so that they grow in confidence instead of shame and guilt and just dismembering their will. And then at some point you got to turn around and say, yeah, you're not like you don't matter. And you're just this little speck of dust in the cosmos and it's like, hey, there's, you know, there's an Easter Bunny and a Santa Claus and a God, by the way, just kidding, kidding, kidding. You know, like, like we yeah. set those things up to control their behavior developmentally and then peel them away. And I, and I think a, a really serious parent, and obviously we all have our own worldviews and experiences that we mm. kind of shed yeah. on to them. Um, you, you, you have to, you have no choice, but to give them nothing but layer after layer after layer of security and autonomy and that, that cushion of importance. But at the same time, there comes a point where I'm, I'm going to take this back to the German philosopher Schopenhauer, because he, he really talked about expectation. And if you expect a lot, you're going to be always disappointed. If you, if, if like Alan Watts, if you say I am nothing, like I am literally nothing, then every great thought and good thing that happens to you, every ray of sunshine, every breath is a gift. And that's a celebration. And, and it makes me think of, you know, all of the, the books and so forth. When people get a, a terminal diagnosis, like cancer, you know, Tyler, you got six months to live. Wow. Like how does that change somebody's life? They talk about how, that is the first time I ever lived. Like I, I was blind in, in my literal ego. And when I realized I had an expiration date and it was literally on the calendar in the very near future, that's when all of a sudden I saw all the beauty in life. That's when I started loving people more. I, I, I wish I had known this sooner. Yeah. Um, what was that? What was that quote you posted the other day by um, the Russian uh, date? Dostoevsky. Yeah, love is uh, beauty will save the world is one. Yeah, there there was another one in the last couple of days about love as well, and I think yeah, it just kind of goes off with with you know what you were saying, and it's kind of my thoughts exactly. Um, just kind of have the more and more. I think you you realize you think about you you pay attention the the answer you continue to kind con- you know come back to is yeah like you know love will save the world right maybe that was the one love will save the world isn't that one it's good so he uh i'd have to look it up because now I'm not, matter of fact i will look it up right now but you know but you know what i'm talking about right but I, and i it just i think that's where it's you know really starting to come from it's you know you can't you have to come with just such compassion um wherever you go, whoever you interact with, because it's, it's so unfair to assume anything about their life and how they feel. Right. Like, you know, you think like your idea and and feel your feelings of happiness, you could feel happy about the exact same thing, but how you feel it 
could be completely different. You have no idea. We just kind of call it happy. And so, yeah, I think you just come to the point where it's, you just, it's, you, it's unfair to just be that assumptuous and, and to just treat someone like, like we were talking about at the beginning, they're having the worst day of their lives. Treat them, treat them like that. Stumbled this, over my words. Well, this is where we in the fitness culture, people who are aggressively pursuing better health, performance sport, physique sport, is there anything more egotistical? And and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, just simply that it is self-focused. That can become negative. Uh, but as we like to continually remind people of the golden rule of science, it's not either or, it's when and how. It, it there is a time that you have to tend to your needs to survive. And that, that was a quote by Dostoevsky, that the mystery of human existence lies not in just staying alive, but finding in something to live for. So again, something external to you. And I, I had a conversation with somebody that I, I hope I get to interview this person again for public consumption of, of the content, because I, I just literally broke down and cried twice as she was telling me the story and when I got a chance to talk, I said, you know, I felt like you just took my heart and just scraped it down the sidewalk. Like that's, I, I've never heard somebody peel away the definition of ego more perfectly. And, and it was this, Tyler, um, she died, her heart stopped. And she realized like, like, I, like I, my heart just stopped. She's dialing 911, talking to dispatch, and EMTs are coming. And as she described the fact that as her body's producing adrenaline, probably dimethyltryptamine in her brain is starting to be released because that's the brain's last gasp for survival when you're entering hypoxia. And she just thought all I, it was like tunnel vision, as people talk about in those high adrenaline situations where all I could think about was this moment. And okay, I'm still alive. And then the next moment, and I'm still alive, and I still have a moment. And when the EMTs got there, she said, I looked into his eyes, and he looked into mine. And she said, I've never felt more connected. Like, he knew exactly what I, I was peering into his soul, and he into mine. And uh, they, they saved her life. And there was still, even in the hospital, a very slim chance of surviving, and this was during COVID. And so family members didn't even know, like phones were gone. She was isolated and she just looked out the window and she said, I'm dying and the world is going to go on without me. My husband is going to be alone. My kids are going to be alone. As I lay here alone and I am dying, everything I've ever done in my life, all of that's gone. The only thing that matters, and, and this is a thought I've heard other people articulate, is the world is moving on and I'm not going to be in it. And when you have kids, like even me with adult children, I think I, I still need to be there for them. I support them. I still love them. I advise them. They lean on me in different ways. I can't leave them, but even that thought means I'm that important to myself that I think the world needs me. That's ego. That's ego. You don't free yourself of that ego until you say the world can go on without me, 
someday it's going to go on without me. And I have to be okay with that. I just don't matter. I'm a part of it. But as I fade away, it's over. That's just the end. And that's what is so difficult. That's that's laying the ego bare. I, I don't know if you really want me to follow up with that. I mean, that was <laughs> that was pretty powerful. Like that's um have you ever had a, that thought? Like, 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 what would the what 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 would it be like for you to not exist? For you to well, of just course, be gone? I mean, I grew up twenty five years in super heavily uh, Christianity, and and then you know, the last five to six years been an atheist. So it's kind of been a big topic on my mind, um, and I'm I'm better with it now than I was when I first became an atheist but I am still not a hundred percent okay with it. Yeah. It's still struggle. That's still the one hook that, that is embedded in me. It, that one is still the hard one. That's why we want religion. We, we want to think it doesn't end, you know, again, going back to Daniel Dennett and other philosophers, that's why we create these layers of protection against our own mortality and so forth. Um, but here's the here's the great thing. We can, like this person, this friend of mine who was lucky enough to have the second chance, we can have that realization, we can grapple with it, and we can put it back away when we need a break from it, and we can wrestle with it again at different times. But the more we are aware of it and the more we live our lives accordingly, then everything is a gift. Everything is a gift. Uh, you know, going back to Schopenhauer, the expectations versus your reality, man. If I really look at everything as I don't deserve this, I don't, I, I certainly don't need it or want it. I, I, I can just, I can just pull back everything that I think a human should quote have. And then as I still do attain those things, because I participate in society and relationships, it's just all magic every day. Like we know people who live more like that than we do. And we're attracted to them because they're generous and they're giving and they're happy and they're positive. Even when, why should they be like, it's just a choice. We, we, we decide whether to me, 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 me all day long or not. And again, I think that, I think that's today's best form and definition of ego and why it's yes, it's it's who we are. It is what it is. But eh, maybe I need less of that and more of other people. Yeah. I mean, pick a topic. Like That's all you see is me, 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 me. And this is why we have these, you know, giant extremes. You know, we've always had them. It's just our technology has just brought us around the world much more closer and allowed us to connect with more of our tribe. That's, you know, really the only difference. And it's always just about, well, me, my survival, this and that, or my group when, you know, we're, we're, yeah, you know, it just that it, it's frustrating to think about, but, you know, fully understandable on the other end as well, that, you know, why we act the way we do and where we are at as a society and the way we are, um, you know, it's, it's because of a lot of that, you know, that ego, the, the, the me, me, me mentality. And man, we just, uh, we need a little bit more, uh, a little bit more love, a little bit more peace and, uh, you know, uh, thinking outside of ourselves. 
yeah, we're not I that mean, important. Like you said, like our beliefs really aren't that important. You know, our, it's just, it doesn't matter. Like, um, it's kind of just a quick little note you can go. It, it kind of reinforces the, you know, how much of nothing we are. Um, you know, so the new telescope that went out into space, was it earlier this year? They just released new data showing that, our whole model of how old we think the galaxy is might be completely wrong and far older than we think because they've just discovered like new galaxies that they always predicted that were there, but they had predicted them to be smaller because they were closer to the beginning of the big bang. They're bigger than we originally thought. And so therefore like we might be even older than we think. And it's just, you start to think and extrapolate, you know, we already was at 13 billion years. Is that where we're at right now? 13.8. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> billion as we think we estimate. Yeah. Our, our best estimation at this point. Right. So, you know, it's, it was very humbling and just a very good reminder of, I am nothing but stardust. And you know, uh, your, your, your life is a blink of an eye. Yeah. I mean, a meteor like that hit 65 million years ago and we're all gone. Uh, the sun has yeah. an expiration date in 5 billion years. Our solar system no longer exists. Like we're done. Yeah. We've been <laughs> extremely lucky. Like not, no major like world ending things in 65 million years. That's pretty damn good run. Well, even like 12,000 years ago, there were some cataclysmic things that wiped out a lot, but, it, but yeah, it's been, you know, in our known history, but you know, I, I'll, I'll wrap us up with this Yeah. Um, again, not either or, when and how I'm still going to go work out. I'm still going to go eat. Well, I'm still going to take care of myself. I'm going to make sure I get seven hours of sleep tonight because I do want to be the best version of me to participate in this world, to be there for my family, to be there for my friends, to be there for our audience. I mean, it's my own ego says we need to do talks like this because I, I, I hope we can help somebody. Yeah. That's that. That's not just my ego that needs that. It's me saying, I want other people to learn some things that may help them. And as we always say, if I, if I just help one person, it was all worth it. You know, it's true. Like we it do this. True, yeah. We want to we have some positive impacts around, yeah. around our communities. So we uh, understand how freeing it is, right? Like it, it can be, you know, just a, another positive layer to, to your life. Yeah, it's true. So again, it's, it is what it is. We have an ego. We, we haven't, we have a self. And we need to be better at that to be better in the world together. So uh, you, you certainly have made that possible for me uh, in many ways. And, and I'm glad we get to share it here, Tyler. So appreciate you and appreciate you guys who listen. We'll see you next time in the Mind Muscle Connection.